0: Two weeks ago we started on this journey of understanding why sometimes promises and the Word of God or, or things in our life don't turn out and don't work out as good as it works out for others, right? Because what happens is if, that it produces frustration and hopelessness in our heart. When you say, I believe the word, I believe this promise, I did this declaration and it didn't work, or I prayed for this and it didn't work. And the person next to me or my family member or somebody who just you know, started coming to church believed the same promise, declared the same thing, and they saw incredible fruit in their life right away. You go, well, what about me? right and we said this could be very frustrating and this could also produce hopelessness like and and start inviting a lot of lies into your life that say like well you're not special or god doesn't have a purpose for you or you don't have enough faith or you're you know this and that and it starts putting lies into our heart and we start growing, you know, hopeless and frustrated because we don't see things work out the same way that it works out in other people's lives. As a matter of fact, we could look at Jesus' life and Jesus is like, you could do the same things that I did in like yes. And then they don't work out the same way as they worked out for Jesus. And so you get confused and hopeless. And it's like, what is the difference? And so we read in Jeremiah 110. That it tells us that we need to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, build up, and plant. And so we came to the understanding that there's a, a work to do of cleanup and demolition sometimes before we build up and we plant. Because the things that are under are not great things that we want to build on top of. See, that foundation and those things that are in our heart that sometimes we don't know are affecting our daily lives. You think, okay, new beginning today, I start new today, and the past is in the past, yes, that, you know, I'm a new creation, yes, but the Bible tells us we need to renew our mind, okay, in order to be transformed, because we have a subconscious that is still the same subconscious as when we were born. Like, that hasn't changed, and our subconscious will win every single time That is going against our conscious mind. So in other words, what it means is that we can learn something new. We could learn something really good, you know, a really powerful word. But if we have not cleaned up or healed or gotten rid of the opposing limited toxic beliefs that were in our heart for all our lives, it's going to fight against that new revelation. It's going to drown it. It's going to sabotage that fruit, okay? And we might not even be aware of that. Does that, you know, does that kind of make sense with what what we've been uh, learning the last couple weeks? Right? So I can can hear like, you know, God wants me to be blessed. Yes. But you grew up in a home in your whole life, you know, saying like, no, you know. You, you're never going to amount to anything, you know, you're always going to be poor, you're always going to struggle, right? And that's just down in your heart, you know, that's like, this part is your second nature because it's in your subconscious. So you will do things to try to succeed and you will do things to try to get better and then you'll get better a little bit and then all of a sudden you'll like revert back like a rubber band and it'll just pull you right back. Why? What's that? What's happening? It's your subconscious, it's your heart. And the Bible tells us that out of the heart flow all the issues of life. So ultimately, it's our heart and the beliefs of our heart that are ingrained and planted in there that need to be demolished, that need to be uprooted, that need to be torn down, that need to be destroyed and cleaned up so that they are no longer affecting the new revelation and the new word that I'm receiving from the Lord. Are you with me? Now, most people wouldn't like to hear this because they want to think like, oh, no, I'm new creation. Everything is new. Everything is perfect now. But that's not the truth. The truth is that we do have a part to do with God in taking the promised land. He pulled us out of Egypt, out of darkness into light. Okay? That rings a bell, right? I mean, this, this is Bible knowledge that we've heard our whole life, right? And he took us out of Egypt, out of the life of sin, out of death into life, Right? And now he says, like, you need to go in and clean up the land and take on the promised land. And I've made I I've I've come to live inside of you so that I can do this with you. I'm not leaving you as an orphan, but I'm gonna do this together with you, but you need to take the initiative because you're I made you powerful. Say, I'm powerful. All right. And so That's kind of where we've been at, okay? Um, We don't want to live frustrated. We don't want to water down the word to the level of our experience. Hello? Because that's what ends up happening. That's how denominations are formed. They go, well, we tried that, didn't work. So therefore, that doesn't work. See? We don't believe that. We tried that, that didn't work. Therefore, that doesn't work either. See? We don't believe that either. And we start lowering the Word of God, to the level of our experience. But our experience is limited by our subconscious, by our heart, by our belief system, by the negative images and unhealthy beliefs and destructive cellular memories and generational curses that we have just been accumulating our whole lives. And even before we were born. But this is not hopeless and it's not all lost. It's amazing because we have the power with the Holy Spirit to take the promised land. And it's amazing how it happens because he really fights our battles. All we have to do is follow instructions. If you remember how they took Jericho, right? And how they took a lot of the enemies, you know, in the Old Testament. Like when Israel went in, it's like God did it supernaturally when they trusted in the Lord and obeyed his simple instructions. But it requires what? Trust. Abandoned trust in the Lord. And what obedience? But we can never get to obedience if we don't have trust first, because obedience without trust feels like a forced, abusive thing. <clears throat> and so we want to um, we want to get to those to to take the land, and it is by trusting in the Lord and following His simple instructions. And that's what we're talking about. Okay, how do we you know? Walk this out with the Lord. Identify those areas in my life that need to be cleaned up, transformed, healed, made whole. So that I don't have something stronger in my subconscious fighting and sabotaging the new godly beliefs that I am uh, learning and receiving. Yeah? Okay. Okay. We should give out, like, green and red cards, you know. That way I know if we should move forward or not. Okay, it's mostly green. Let's move on. Oh, it's red. Let's start again, you know. <laughs> One day. You like, see, the whole point of this is not to make a, a pretty teaching and something that sounds real good and, like, uh, it's, like, to get it, you know. <laughs> To get it, to understand it, to, to do something about it. Okay, and so, um, simple obedience, uh, fueled by trust, okay? And then we, you know, we take Jerichos. Like, the Israelites, like, they couldn't have done that by themselves, right? They couldn't have knocked down the walls like it was the Lord. And so, when we talk about this heart work, I want you to understand, is not something that is hard for you. The only hard part is to look inside, but you have to be rid of fear and know that with God, it, it's not going to be painful. It's not going to be hard. It, like, it, it might take some work and some time to just look at things and and, and just say, "All right, Holy Spirit, you know, I trust you." You know, uh, let me ask this: How many of you prayed Proverbs thirty, verse eight, from the Passion Translation this week? Empty out of my heart every everything that is false, every lie, and every crooked thing. See, how many of you um, could say that? that some things like the Holy Spirit showed some things or started bringing up some things that you noticed. How many? I mean okay, okay, we have a few people. That's good. Let me tell you, this works. Prayer, works. Prayer works. Okay And so that's what we talked about last week. We talked about praying for our heart, okay? 3 John uh, Third John uh, verse two, chapter one verse two says, "Beloved, I wish that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. Just as your soul prospers. Okay? Beloved, I wish. Okay? So this is the desire of God for you. This is the will of God for you. That you may prosper in all things. All things, you know. So, consequently, if you're not prospering in some things, then some things need to be addressed. Okay? And then it says, and be in good health. So, consequently, if you're not in good health, there's also some things that need to be addressed. And it says how? It says, I wish that you prosper in all things and be in good health, just as that word also means in the measure of or in the same amount as your soul prospers. Okay? And when we're talking about the soul, we're talking about, you know, heart. We're talking about subconscious, we're talking about, you know, thoughts, we're talking about uh, all all this stuff. So in other words, our soul, our heart, that, that part of ourselves that we don't see is directly connected to our prosperity in everything in life and to our health. Everything in life, right? And doesn't Proverbs 4.23 say that? Above all things, guard your heart for from it all the issues of life. You See, Old Testament and New Testament, the Bible is always sending the same message. <clears throat> and so, that's what we're doing. Learning how to work in our soul. How to deal with our soul so that all things in our life prosper and our As our health does too. Our health is so directly linked to our heart. You know, scientifically proven. You know, the biggest universities, you know, most important universities in the the world say this. 95 and some say even 98% of all disease and all chronic issues and all pain, you know, is rooted in stress. Where does stress come from? Well, stress is is this thing that is telling you that it, you're going to die is life or death situation everything is a life or death situation whether it's true or not that's what that's what stress is telling you stress is the it's talking about the kind of stress that puts you in fight or flight mode <clears throat> so if this is the will of God that we may prosper in all things and be in good health as our soul prospers right it says i pray I wish, I pray. So he's praying, you know, for our soul. He's praying for our heart. He's praying, you know, that we would prosper in the same measure. Um, then we talked about Psalm nineteen twelve. It says, you know, uh, there's things in my heart that I don't know. There's a uh, sin that I'm not even aware that it's sin. And I don't even know where to start, right? And, um, and so we don't know these things. So we need to pray, you know, with the Holy Spirit. So our formula is pretty much we're uprooting in order to plant, Okay, and we're tearing down and destroying in order to build up. Okay? And how we plant, I'm sorry, how we uproot is by prayer. How we plant is by meditating in the word. How we tear down and destroy is by prayer, right? We have an authority of God that he has given us, and how we build is by declar- declaring. And so last week we started talking about prayer, and meditation, and declaration, and I think we only got as far as meditation. Um how? We need the Holy Spirit, right? That's why uh, one of the tools that we use is Sozo. Sozo ministry is amazing because it's it's a prayer ministry. You go and you pray with two people. They help you pray, hear the voice of God. Um, we talked about Psalms 119 verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And we said that's, that's one of the powerful ways in which we... Uh, start making the Word of God become our second nature is by hiding it in our heart. Because why? There are things in our heart that are hiding, that are causing us to do things and to fall into cycles and to sabotage our life one again and again and again and again. Like, why does this keep happening to me? Right. Well, there's things hidden in our heart that are sabotaging us. Right. And then um, Psalm 19, verse 14, okay, says, may the meditation of my heart, this one's new today. It says, may the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you, O Lord. May the what? May the meditation of my heart, that means what I am constantly chewing on, what I'm constantly thinking on, what I'm constantly, you know, dwelling on. That's the meditation of my heart. And so many times the meditation of our heart is negative, is destructive, is about how terrible I am, how I am not good enough, how I am out to nothing, how I don't have what it takes, how this and how that and how not strong, pretty, beautiful, handsome enough I am, right? And that's the meditation of our heart. It's the thing that we're constantly thinking of. It says, may the meditation of my heart... And the words of my mouth, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you. What The word pleasing means be according to, be lined up to your will, to the will of God. What's the will of God? It's very easy. You know, we find it all over the Bible, right? It's We just read that, you know, 3 John 2. You know, I will, I wish, I pray that you would prosper in all things. <clears throat> God is good. His will for us is good. Jeremiah 29, his plans are good for us. He has a good future in mind for us. So when the meditation when the when the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is not lining up to the goodness of God, the good plans of God, hope, joy, peace, then the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth are not being pleasing unto the Lord. Because they're not lining up to His Word. They're not lining up to His will. They're not lining up to what He has established and said about me. We need to get good at catching this meditation, these meditations, right? Because a lot of times we do a devotional, you know, for 10 minutes, for 30 minutes, maybe an hour in the morning. You do a devotional. You think, pray some good things. And then the rest of the day, you're just beating on yourself. You're dwelling on the bad past. Something bad happens and there goes your day. And at the end of the day, you're exhausted. You don't know why because you didn't do much physical activity. But it's your brain that is just so tired because the meditation of your heart has been not pleasing to the Lord. Not according to what he says. Not according to his will. Not according to his word. Not according to the good news of the gospel. Yay. Okay. Um, let's go here. So Isaiah 26, verse 3, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Okay? So again, last week was prayer. Right now we're, we're, we're talking about meditation. And one of the things I said about meditation is not like the Eastern kind of meditation where you empty yourself. You don't empty nothing here. Right here, you fill yourself up with the Word of God. Okay? We read it in Psalms. Um, uh, We read it in Joshua, right? Meditate in this book of the law, day and night, in the word of God, right? Meditate in his word. You know, those in Psalms 1, uh, verse 1 to 3 says, um, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Day and night. said, they will be like trees planted along the riverbank Bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Prosperity. Guys, do you see how prosperity in all we do is directly linked to the meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth? That would be pleasing unto the Lord, which means that they would be lined up with the word of God. It's not just for the morning devotional. It's not just for the night Bible study. It's throughout the day what is the most that we're dwelling and meditating on? Because when we're dwelling and meditating on, we're planting the seeds, we're planting the Word of God so that it is hidden in our heart. We talked about this, right? When I meditate on it, I'm hiding, I'm tucking it, and it's like, you know, I'm putting it in my heart, like compressing, more word, more word, more word, more word, right? So that when something happens, when I get squeezed, you know, my natural instinct is going to be what's inside. And that's how I find out what's really inside. Like a bottle of ketchup. What comes out when you're squeezed? <laughs> okay. And so... Um, Prosperity is directly linked to the words of our mouth that, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So the words of my mouth are a result or a fruit or showing what what's the meditation of my heart. Day and night, day and night, the meditation of my heart. Is pleasing unto you, and it says it's on this book, right? On this book of the law, on the, on the word of God, on His principles, on His ways of doing things. So Isaiah twenty six three, you know, says you will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. This this is a powerful, powerful scripture, right? Um, you know, one of the, uh, in the in the original uh, Hebrew words, it says you will keep in perfect shalom shalom. Sorry, it doesn't say imperfect. It says, you will keep in shalom, shalom. Sorry. In shalom, shalom, all who trust in you. Now, the word shalom means complete, safe, healthy, prosperous. Prosperous, content, peace in relationships with God, and peace in relationships with people. Peace, calm, tranquility. That's pretty amazing. You know, so in other words, it's saying he will keep you in shalom, shalom, in perfect shalom, in perfect completeness, in whole, in complete safety, in complete health, in complete prosperity, nothing broken, nothing missing. Who? Those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Again, what are we thinking and meditating on most of the time? I always mess up these numbers, but most people, you know, you've heard Dr. Matt say this. Most people think 90% 90 of the same thoughts as yesterday, and 80% of those thoughts are negative about themselves. Right? You got that. Like, that's crazy. That tells us that most people, the meditation of their heart all day long is the same as yesterday, and it's mostly negative. May the meditation, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord. So you will keep in shalom, shalom, all who trust in you. So key word trust, right? We talked about trusting. It's it's hard to obey the Lord and the simple instructions when we don't trust them. So when we trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on him, our thoughts are fixed on him. If you go with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, you know this is one of my favorite scriptures. Philippians four, verse eight. There we go. It says, "And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing: fix your thoughts." Okay, this fix your thoughts. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, right. We just read it in Isaiah, "Whose thoughts are fixed on." You know, a different translation says, uh, "Concentrate, concentrate." It's it's. Um, it's an exercise, right? It's not something that's just like you thought it once. No, it says concentrate, focus on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Is our God all of those things? Of course he is, right? Our God is all of those things. So God will keep us in shalom, shalom, in perfect, complete, safety, health, prosperity, peace relationships and relationship with him you know everything you know nothing broke nothing missing when we concentrate and fix our thought on everything that is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable right everything that is the word of God everything that is him that represents him right and it says in verse 9 and the it says keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me you know why um, well, Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Have you ever thought about that? Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. If you learn something the wrong way and you keep doing it that way, it doesn't make it better. It makes it permanent. And so it's saying keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, you know, all you've learned and received from the Word of God. You gotta put it into practice. You gotta go home and you gotta pray that prayer, even if you don't like the Lord, empty out of my heart everything that is false, every lie and every crooked thing. Whoo! all right, here we go, Holy Spirit. You know, we're gonna do this thing. Because I don't wanna be that person that is sabotaging themselves for the rest of their lives. That's silly. It's like being on a rat race. You know, on the hamster wheel, and just like we gotta go faster, man. You're not getting anywhere. Okay. It's like some people live their lives like that because they're practicing the wrong thing, the wrong direction. It says, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of, again, what? Peace will be with you. We will experience the peace of God when our thoughts, when the meditation of our heart is pleasing to Him. Is lined up to Him. Is is all the things that we just read in in uh, in verse eight. So, how do we clean up the things from our heart? First, we pray. We ask the Holy Spirit. We we we're willing to look inside and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, lead me into those places, into the lies, into the crooked things, into the false things. And empty them out of my heart. Like that's you walking into the promised land with God, you know, and bringing down the walls of Jericho. Okay? That's that's what you're doing. You're clearing out the garbage from underneath. Okay? You're preparing the foundation, the lies. You're pulling from underneath the good things that God has revealed to you. You're pulling out the things that are fighting against it. Pastor Kate has an amazing teaching. She taught uh, a few years ago on Song of Solomon about the foxes uh, that go underneath the, the fields and eat the roots and eat the fruit. And, and like, they, they go underground, and they eat, and they chew on the roots, and they you know, they destroy the crops, and you don't see them on the outside. They're going underground, and they're destroying everything, every good thing that is being planted on the top. And that picture just came to mind right now, because it's the exact same thing that happens. We're putting on good stuff. You know, it's the parable of the sower. Like, you know, some seed fell in good ground, some fell in rocky ground. It's like... Some people have never cleaned up their ground. They never pulled out the weeds. They never, there's something, you know, you put something good in this. Good is gone. Why is it gone? You know, the word of God is powerful. Because there's foxes underneath chewing at the roots and eating the fruit and eating the good things. And so you're fighting against yourself. And so we pray. We say, Holy Spirit, let's go do that. You know, I keep seeing this cycle in my life. I'm guessing that you want to deal with that first because I'm tired of, you know, Always living paycheck to paycheck. I'm tired of always attracting the same abusive, toxic people into my life. I'm tired of always, you know, being sick all the time. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's why. But this is how we pray. Prayer is powerful. Pray for others. Pray for government. Pray for all those things, but pray for yourself first, right? Like even in a flight, they tell you that, you know. In the case that we would lose pressure in the cabin, masks will drop. Put your own first so that you can help the person next to you. That's in the Bible. (laughs) Pull out the plank from your own eye. So that you can help your neighbor with the speck on theirs, we love to do good. You know, we love we love to do this. And I'm not saying stop doing that. I'm saying start working here. You know, so that you're in good shape too. <clears throat> well, I guess it's about time to finish. So, so next week. Uh, we have the honor of having Billy Epperhart, and then the week after that, I am going to address the 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 last one of these tools, uh, which is the declaration. Okay, um, because it's it's always linked. You know, if you um, let me show you something, <clears throat> if you look at uh, heart and mouth are always connected. Okay, it's either out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Right. But also, it tells us, actually, you know, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And that has incredible amount of power. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure those two are lined up. And the things that the heart has to say are lined up with God's word. Okay? And so um, we will talk about uh, declaring uh, in two weeks. Okay? And then continue on. Because I, I do have a longer prayer tool for you, but as I said in the very beginning, I don't want to give you just a tool that you don't understand. And so this this whole thing, this will change your life. Like, I'm telling you, this will transform your life forever. The cycles, the things that, that you've been stuck in forever, like, they'll be gone. Like, the way you will see the Word of God giving fruit in your life and you growing, it, it's like never before. Because if you're willing, you are doing something, you know, that is removing... Those foxes underneath, those self-sabotaging things. And it's not something that we'll do once, it's something that you get to do every day because you pray every day, because you meditate every day, and you speak every day. And so we're going to get to change those numbers that uh, Dr. Matt has changed with us, uh, shared with us, you know, uh, where, yes, um, my words are becoming different every day, but most of what I say is is life, because the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart are pleasing unto the Lord, and they are bringing life. I'm building with my words. See, it's really hard to, to build something with our words when we don't really believe it. And that's a problem with a lot of believers, that they're not believing believers or unbelieving believers. <sighs> or they believe something different than what they're saying even if they don't know it even if they have a good intention they like they they know this is right because they know this is the truth this is the word of god but in their heart of hearts they don't really believe that and it's because we have a very strong opposing unhealthy belief in the area of our life that we need to attack we need to get rid of we need to address with holy spirit amen